When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Calm Within the Storm podcast. All about finding contentment within the chaos that is mental health. Everything can change. This episode will be all about hormones versus mental health. And we'll focus quite largely on the menstrual hormone cycle and associated conditions such as PMS, PMDD and more. Today's guest is Laura Tear-Jones. Laura suffers with PMDD and is actively trying to raise awareness of the chronic condition that so often goes misdiagnosed or even completely undiagnosed. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much for having me. So before we dive in, tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with today's theme of hormones versus mental health. Okay, so I am Laura. I'm 32. I live in North Wales and I have a condition called PMDD, which stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So I've probably lived with this since I was around 14, so half of my life. Um, But because the condition is primarily um, psychological and and mental symptoms, it shows up as depression or anxiety. Um, So it's easily missed or easily confused. Absolutely. So I lived with it for a very long time before I realised that my symptoms were actually connected to my menstrual cycle. Ah, okay, so how did you figure out the correlation then? How long did that take you? Well, to be honest, it was a bit of a light bulb moment, so I would never have found out about it if it wasn't for a friend of a friend sharing something on Instagram with kind of some stats and figures, Um, and it was like a tick list of all the symptoms, and I went through the, the symptoms and just thought, I have that, I have that, I have that. And that was it. That was, that was the moment that I found out about PMDD. And that was in 2019. So as I say, it was a long time living with it before mm. realising. Um, and then I got my diagnosis not long after that. And what was the diagnosis like? Was that a difficult process? Like, are there tests for it? Or is it just logging things and tracking things and... Yeah, there's no there's no test to, to diagnose PMDD, but what I would say to anybody who thinks there's something 
something going on is you might be asked to have tests to rule out other conditions so don't feel like your doctor is fobbing you off basically okay um so I didn't have um any tests at that point but over the last kind of 20 years I've had lots of tests for my thyroid I've had medication for depression I've had medication for migraines I've had kind of various contraceptives to try and kind of balance out my hormones um and PMDD isn't a hormone imbalance so none of these things were quite the right fit for me okay um and then when I found out about PMDD, I'd already been journaling my symptoms. Just I used to kind of blame myself. So, oh, maybe I feel really bad today because I didn't go for a run last week. And, you know, as people do, I think we can beat ourselves up. And there's so much emphasis now on self-care. And yeah, actually, that's just not enough. But at the time, I would kind of track my symptoms to just try and work out a pattern. But yeah. Yeah, I had no idea it was linked to my menstrual cycle. But then when I found out about it, I look back and I could I could see just these these patterns of symptoms and then no symptoms and then symptoms again. So I was able to just take that to my doctor and say, Look, yeah. <laughs> basically. Yeah. And it must be quite quite confusing as well to to see how frequently that's happening because I think when you're tracking for example, if you're going through low phases with depression mm-hmm. or bipolar yeah. and bigger things like that mm-hmm you find that the episodes and the highs and the lows tend to be over weeks or months or even years. Mm -hmm. And if you're logging everything on a daily basis Mm -hmm. and you find that you're going up and down and up and down on almost like every other week, then that is quite a a significant find really that I guess distinguishes that from something like bipolar or something where it is a longer term cycle if you know what I mean yeah and part of my kind of um self-deprecation really was I would think that I had bipolar right because the symptoms kind of seemed to fit but then it wasn't quite the right fit so then yeah. the self-deprecation would come in and kind of go oh you've just been a drama queen like, yeah there's nothing even yeah. wrong and so then you start in a cycle again then and then you start to feel better again and think you've cured yourself with you know exercise and eating healthy so yeah that's kind of how it was for me. Wow. And it's not um, it's not a mild condition either. So I was having a look and doing a little bit of research into this and found out that 30% of sufferers attempt suicide, which is bonkers. And that doesn't even count the, the percentage of people who consider, like, have thoughts mm-hmm. of suicide. That is just suicide attempts. And 30% of women with PMD that's a lot yeah that's a huge percentage it's a staggering amount considering how little this condition is talked about it absolutely affects one in 20 so the fact that it affects one in 20 means it's it's not rare it's relatively common and then when you hear a statistic like that that 30 percent of those people are going to attempt suicide or have attempted Mm. suicide it, it makes my skin crawl to think that it's not more known about, not more talked about. It's It doesn't make sense to me why it's such a taboo subject. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'd i never even heard of it until you raised this. And that's baffling, you know. Women especially, would you'd think, would know more about this subject. Mm. But no, it's, it's that really surprised me. Mm. And, um, and I also found out that PMS affects 75% of women. But PMDD, is that a separate thing from PMS or is it 
under the same bracket and how would someone know if they've got PMS or PMDD? Yeah, so PMS, I think when I think of PMS, I think of that kind of very stereotypical crying into a box of chocolates watching a sad film. You know, I think lots of people can relate to that and maybe feel a little bit bloated. PMDD is debilitating. And it's not to say that PMS isn't, you know, PMS is in itself, it's tricky to live with. You know, sometimes it's really inconvenient to be a hormonal wreck. But PMDD is debilitating. And as soon as it gets to a point where it's, it's interrupting your life, it's affecting your quality of life, that's when it becomes something that's, that you probably need support with. Mm-hmm. It is a spectrum, so you could be at the PMS end of the spectrum, you could be at the PMDD okay. end of the spectrum. And another thing to say as well is that every month's different. So again, you can very, if you're anything like me, you might gaslight yourself and say, oh, it's not even that bad. Yeah. When actually that's a symptom of PMDD to kind of talk like that to yourself. It's not even that bad. And actually, it is really bad. You might just be having a better month. And if you are, then go with it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So we've had a few questions that have come in from our listeners. And someone has asked, when things are bad, other than medication, what helps? Oh, I love that. Um, And this is probably like the question that everyone wants to know, because there's no cure. Okay. And treatment options vary from person to person. So yeah. some people contraceptive pills, some people SSRIs, some people chemical menopause, and then you've got the very extreme end, which is surgery. Wow. Yeah. And then you've got... And the surgery, I guess, is that to have ovaries taken out or... Yeah, so that would be a bilateral oophorectomy. Right, So okay. it's not a hysterectomy. So lots of people think if I have my womb removed, that would be the answer, but it's actually the... the two ovaries wow and you can have the womb removed as well <laughs> um, it won't you know won't do any harm but actually the emphasis on the ovaries because it's ovulation that triggers the symptoms okay um but yeah if you're not wanting to go down a medical route there's a bit more holistic way to to manage symptoms and that's things like su- supplements like magnesium and okay. um, st john's wort is apparently helpful um, but this is all kind of anecdotal, so people say that these things um, work. Unfortunately, PMDD is so under-researched that even things like the the true effect of supplements isn't really known, Right. Um, which is why it's all anecdotal. For me, personally, there's, there's two things that really help, and one of them is fresh air. Um, by f- I call it fresh air because I think as soon as you say a walk, you feel like you have to do it. Yeah, like that's exercise. a good, yeah, good yeah. point. And sometimes it's enough just to go and sit in the garden. Yeah. Or even just if, if you, you can't get up, open a window and let some fresh air in. You know, that's the starting point. Then try and make it to your garden, sit on a bench. Then maybe you'll go out outside. And if you happen to move your legs and get some exercise, brilliant. But the one thing for me, and it, it kind of stems from that actually, is is self-compassion. Okay. So I always say, if you're living with PMDD in particular, you're living with a mind that wants to destroy you from the inside for two weeks of every month. And that's hard. Yeah. And also it's, it's a very real health condition. So what you must do is, first of all, accept it. Mm-hmm. a real health condition but then 
balance it out, try and balance it out with self-kindness or self-compassion. And I know those words are thrown around quite a lot now and they're kind of buzzwords, aren't they? Like self-care, bit of a buzzword, but actually you you must try and balance it out because again, you don't deserve to have that, those two weeks of every month that are so horrific. So you must try and do something just to give yourself that boost, even if it's just making the best out of the best days. Yeah. Or trying to kind of do damage control on the harder days treating yourself with self-compassion and just kind of giving yourself grace to feel what you feel, go through it and know that it will end. Yeah. They're, they're the things that have got me through my darkest times. You know, it's not the medication. I do take medication, but it's not that. It's not the, you know, the really medical side of things that have helped me. It's not therapy that's had that much impact. It's just some self-compassion and getting through it day to day. So speaking of the self-care and the the mindfulness, I suppose, that we mentioned earlier, self-compassion, a couple of people have said just having that mindset as it approaches makes all the difference. So someone has said, knowing that I'm going to be unstable the week before my period helps take the pressure off. And someone else has said, being able to use mindfulness to remind myself that this too will pass. Oh, I love that. Absolutely love that. And something that I always kind of use is, is a bit of, I call it a PMDD toolkit. So, you know, it's having the things in your back pocket for those harder days, like gratitude, fresh air. And, and let's face it, any of those things in isolation are not going to help you. Let's face it, let's yeah. be really honest. But if we look at it holistically and practice these things consistently, they will impact your mindset. They can really, really help. And for me, it's things like the grounding technique. I don't know if you've you've heard of that, but I'd encourage anyone to Google the 54321 grounding technique because that's just so helpful in just getting you out of your head for a minute, which I think is half the problem sometimes. Yeah, it really is. Really is. Someone has said, the mind boggles at how many misdiagnosed or undiagnosed women or assigned female at birth people there must be out there. Yeah, And we've talked about it, you know, absolutely. Yeah, because again, 1 in 20 have it, but that's only a prediction based on the diagnosis that already exists of of those patients, plus people who have been diagnosed with something else or have been not diagnosed at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm kind of going to scratch the surface of PME here, which is like a whole other... um, This could be a whole other episode (laughs) of your podcast, but... PME is premenstrual exacerbation okay. of another condition. So, for example, you could have um, bipolar disorder and PME. So you live with bipolar disorder 365 days a year, 28 yeah. days of your menstrual cycle. But during your luteal phase, which is ovulation to your, day, your period starting, you have it exacerbated. Wow. So it's exacerbated by your symptoms. And that's really hard to diagnose. PME isn't actually a diagnosis in itself yet. It doesn't exist as a diagnosis. Right. Um, It's more of a concept that's being researched at the moment. But basically what it means is if you're living with a condition all the time, and not just psychological conditions, they can be physical conditions as well, but they're exacerbated during your luteal phase. That's premenstrual exacerbation of another condition. Another example is fibromyalgia, PME, yeah. of fibromyalgia. So people do report that they have more flare-ups when they're due on their period. Right. So it's definitely linked to their hormones. 
So that's just, you know, there's so many different ways that you can look at PMDD and PME. It's no wonder that people don't know about it yeah. or... Or associate it as something else. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, someone has asked, any tips on dealing with the panic attacks or anxiety? Oh, gosh. I think for me, when I'm in those in a phase of panic attacks and anxiety, I know I need to get out of my head. Um, And I hate to say this because I know it sounds a bit crap, but that for me is when like the fresh air comes in. And not because it's, ooh, it's nice, fresh air, it feels good. It's taking yourself out of your surroundings and putting yourself in a different environment. And that's, to me, what the fresh air thing is about. It's not necessarily that the sun feels nice and warm, or, you know, the wind feels good. It's taking yourself out of the environment you're in and physically putting yourself somewhere else. Yeah. can really help you to get out of your head. And, again, that's where the grounding technique really helps me as well. Um, they're the two things that I would say are, in the moment, the most helpful things. But if those kind of small wins aren't really working, then I think it's, it's taking on something a, a bit more significant, maybe medication things like that because if you're living with these things and they're affecting you all the time and you're not getting any kind of relief or you can't navigate your way through them you don't deserve to be just feeling like that and it's definitely worth kind of getting some support for it yeah and in terms of of seeking medication is this something that you're best approaching a GP about or a sexual health clinic like where does this fit in because this is an awkward topic for a lot of people who don't understand it yeah so first port of call is gp and then when they have kind of reached the end of their expertise it would be gynecologist right but so far i've been referred to a gynecologist but not heard from them that was a few years ago okay wow list for that yes um but it's okay because i feel like at the moment on the treatment pathway that i'm on it's it's okay so i'm happy to share that I take a fluoxetine, which is an SSRI. I take it every day, so 28 days of my cycle. But during my luteal phase, I double dose. Okay. So I would just like to say this is something that my doctor and I have decided. <laughs> it's, you know, um, something that they found out from the NICE guidelines. It's not something you should just do. Yeah. Um, but for me... And is that to help you with stability during that phase? Yeah, so what I find is it helps to just bring the lows up a little bit and also people often say that when they're taking SSRIs they feel kind of foggy and not themselves okay so by having kind of half the dose the rest of the month I feel like it's not robbing me of those good days it's not robbing me of my energy and my enthusiasm for life because it's only half the dose and it's it's been proven there's some research into it that says if you just take um SSRIs in luteal only so two weeks on two weeks off there's no side effects uh sorry withdrawal symptoms so you can take them quite safely two weeks on then come off them for two weeks but again obviously speak to your doctor first before doing that and can you take this medication alongside contraceptives or does it work not not necessarily as a contraceptive but in terms of like a hormone impactor I suppose yeah, you absolutely can all, all I would say and I think doctors would probably the say say the same is don't try to change too many things at once yeah. so if you've been taking 
an SSRI and it's, it's, it's working okay, but you feel like you could benefit further, then maybe think about adding in something okay. else. And, and it's the same with chemical menopause as well. It's, you can take chemical menopause medication, which basically just suppresses ovulation temporarily, so it's not permanent. Um, and then you can also be taking SSRIs on top of that. So again, it's a lot of things are kind of in, junction, in conjunction with other things as opposed to working on their own, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And for someone who is approaching menopause, do you have any tips on that regard or ways of dealing or ways of, of regulating? Or I think regarding menopause and the approach to, to menopause, we all know that there's lifestyle changes that you can make so that's kind of you know think about your diet your exercise and and don't take for granted the impact that those things can have because they can affect your hormones which is you know what menopause is and also think about your stress hormone which is cortisol so when you're going through menopause or the approach to menopause your cortisol levels can increase as your estrogen declines so you're just going to feel stressed um stressed and more stressed and because you're not feeling great you might feel more stressed and because you don't know what's causing it you might feel more stressed and and typically people who are going through menopause they'll have children at home who could be going through puberty yeah so that's a terrible combination yeah. and they could also have elderly parents who they're, yeah. they're trying to care for and they're also also trying to kind of you know succeed and work they're trying to keep a house and yeah. trying to kind of keep fit and healthy and and there's just so many other things that... You're spinning on a lot of plates yeah, in general, aren't you? so hard. So I would say if you're perimenopausal, don't discount the, the help that you could get from HRT. So HRT, again, it's a whole other <laughs> episode, yeah. I'm sure. But just to say, there are over 70 different types of HRT. Wow. So if you're perimenopausal and you're thinking about HRT or you've heard bad things about it don't write it off just yeah. speak to your doctor about it yeah and and be patient mm, yeah. yeah you know not the, the, the first thing couldn't work for you the second thing might not work for you but the third might yeah or the tenth <laughs> and if nothing works well then hopefully by the time you've tried them all you'll be post-menopausal anyway and your pmdd is gone so <laughs> so yeah so i suppose uh, once you've reached the menopause i guess the pmdd does it just disappear forever or does some of the mental symptoms still linger so trauma i imagine still will linger but also when you're post-menopausal you can still have symptoms because when you reach menopause menopause is only one day which people don't realize so you're perimenopausal and then once your periods have stopped for a year you're menopausal and then after that day you're in post-menopause then but what that doesn't mean is that everything's normal because you're still going to have no estrogen and no progesterone than you did have so some people will be on HRT for the rest of their lives which also means that some people can have symptoms for a very long time in post-menopause okay. which can include PMDD but not necessarily just PMDD so it's really hard to say yes PMDD will go away but yeah. I am optimistic that during post-menopause if you're looking after yourself or you're on HRT or you're just lucky, actually those those symptoms will be very minimal. One final point is someone has written in to say about how men don't quite understand the severity 
of hormones. And I think I'd just like to touch on this just from a partner's perspective. What can a partner do to help you cope with a difficult hormone period and especially PMS or PMDD? I think the main thing is to remember that they're an individual first. So what I, I'll tell you what helps me now and somebody else could think, oh God, that's terrible. Yeah. I'd never want that. So for me, I just need space. Okay. I, I don't want a hug. <laughs> do not try it. Do not approach. <laughs> do, do not try and cuddle me. Don't give me sympathy. Just treat me like normal, but give me space. Um, and that's because for me, as soon as I get sympathy, it makes me feel weak. And okay. when you're in PMDD, you don't want to feel weak because that's just something for the PMDD to attach to. Okay. So for me, I just need space, maybe some gentle assurance, mm-hmm. but really, um, I don't want I don't want to fuss. Um, but another thing, and this is actually a, a really big deal in our house, and it's something we we argue about all the time, <laughs> is make the decisions. So every night in our house, it's what do you want for tea? I don't know what do you want for tea? <laughs> do you want chili? could do or do you want curry I don't mind and these are the conversations we have all the time and we laugh about it but when I'm in PMDD I was like I can't make decisions today I just need the the end results so yeah you make the decisions and I'll do it or you you sort it and it's whatever you you decide yeah. I'll agree to because I don't feel like I have the brain power to make decisions um and to to try just makes me feel really stressed and overwhelmed so I'll just say please just make the decisions today. <laughs> Um, yeah, we laugh about it, but when I'm in PMDD, I'm like, please just make the decisions. <laughs> so yeah, I would say that's the, the main thing. Yeah, I guess on a similar note to that, something that we're very good at in this house is communication yeah. in general. Yes. And having your partner just be on the same page as you and know why you're feeling like that in the first place and know that it is approaching and know, just yeah. know what to do. I mean, you might not know what to do yourself, but for them to just understand that this is going to be a difficult time mm-hmm. and yeah. not not I don't say don't take it personally you know that's not that's not my point but you know just understand that things will be a little bit difficult for that person and have that open and honest platform to be able to talk about it if you need to and have the assurance that your partner is just going to understand that that's a difficult time and they're not going to get mad at you if you get snappy and they're not gonna you know call the doctor if you start crying for no reason yeah Yeah, that's a really good point because uh, as I said before you kind of have to accept that it's a real health condition and that also means owning it so it's so easy to be in denial and think oh maybe it just won't hit this month maybe I'll be fine and the danger is then of course that you don't kind of let your partner know or your family members know that this is going to happen um, or you expect them to just you know read your mind and actually the best thing you can do is just kind of say just so you know I've just hit ovulation yeah and it doesn't have to be a, a huge let's sit down and talk about it yeah. conversation it could just be I'm at ovulation I think it's probably going to feel a bit tricky right now or just bear with me yeah and I think that's enough just to kind of say you know watch out basically yeah <laughs> so yeah having those open conversations I think is really important and not not even as I say I don't like sympathy I don't like to kind of be emotional so I'll have I'll be open and honest and then leave it there and say 
this is where I'm at. Yeah. Have the information. Yes. Do what you like with it, but do not give me any sympathy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you to Laura Tear Jones for joining me for today's episode of the Calm Within the Storm podcast. Today we talked all about hormones and PMDD. I hope you found it helpful and I shall leave you with some helpful resources at the end of this episode, including a link to the official premenstrual disorders website and also a link to Laura's own podcast, My Hormones, My Health, which can be found on all major platforms. Here's what we've got coming up in the next episode. We'll be talking all about dealing with your mental health during parenthood. Whether you are already a parent or considering becoming a parent, hopefully you can find this next episode quite valuable. If you would like to listen to Laura's podcast, search My Hormones, My Health by Laura Tia Jones on Spotify, Apple Music and all other major platforms. If you would like to learn more about PMDD, PMS or any other premenstrual disorder, you can visit the official website now, iapmd.org. Once again, thank you very much for tuning in to the Calm Within the Storm podcast. My name is Sam Lyon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. See you soon. Thank you for tuning in. If you'd like to listen to the extended version of today's episode, head to samlionmusic.com and become a member. It's completely free and you'll have access to the full-length video editions of each episode.